Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we are covering your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and you can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday. And also make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where you can get the postcast after just about every game with me and Grant McCauley. On today's episode, we're going to break down Tuesday's 3-0 victory over the Milwaukee Brewers, including Ronald Acuna Jr.'s return to the lineup, Tucker Davidson with a nice outing, and then some great defense. And then we'll set you up for Wednesday's great pitching matchup between Corbin Burns and Max Fried. But let's start with the win on Tuesday. Much needed win for the Atlanta Braves coming off a couple of tough losses. And Ronald Acuna Jr. was back in the lineup. Certainly great to see that in the DH spot. And that may be where he settles for a while now as he returns from that groin injury. But despite that, he still had a major impact on this game. And you could feel his presence just being in the lineup and what he brings to that lineup every time he is in there. And it started right from the jump. Very first at bat of the game, he hits the ball in the hole. Great play by the third baseman over there, but Ron Acuna Jr. beats it out, was initially called out on the play, and replay overturned it. He was clearly safe. And so right out of the gate, you have him running at 30 feet per second down to first base, just showing you that He's going to play. He's going to play his game no matter what, and that's great. And we want to see that as fans. Hopefully, that's just he'll be able to hold up and be able to play that way for the rest of the season. But that was certainly great to see. Again, right out of the chute, running down the first baseline to beat out an infield hit. He put a ball in play later in the game, which ended up scoring a run. A hard hit ball, the second hardest hit ball of the game, and that ended up scoring a run, a ball that, I don't know. It could have been could have been measured as a or, or scored as a hit, but third baseman, you know, did get his glove on a play that he probably should have made, even though that ball was hit really hard. But he puts the ball in play there, leads to a run. He walked to lead off the eighth inning, stole second base, showing you he's still gonna run, he's still gonna steal his bases, moved to third on a fly ball to center field that I don't think anybody saw coming, including Lorenzo Kane in center field. That put pressure on the pitcher who was facing Ozuna. And Ozuna hits a big two-run home run there for an insurance run. And then Acuna walked again in the ninth inning, loading the bases for Matt Olson. So gets on base four times in his return to the lineup. Again, just showing his effectiveness. It's why it's so important for him to be in the lineup, just what he does and the energy that he brings. And... The level of focus and attention a pitcher has to give him when he's on the base pass because you just don't know what he's going to do. 
But you know one thing, he is going to cause havoc, and he is going to put a lot of pressure on the other team when he's in there. So I know Braves fans want him in there. Brian Snicker wants him in there. Ronald wants to be in there. Everybody wants him in the lineup, but it's what's best for him long-term right now. I think we'll still see him in that DH spot for you know the next several weeks, hopefully, and as he continues to try to work his way back. But that was certainly a huge positive from the game on Tuesday. Another huge positive was Tucker Davidson. And look, I, I wanted Tucker Davidson to get a shot coming out of spring training. I thought he kind of earned it, deserved it. I thought he, he only got two starts in spring training, uh, but I thought he looked good in both of those outings. He had a nice stretch last year for the Braves and three starts before an injury hit that cost him the rest of the regular season. Came back in the World Series. That's a tough spot for a pitcher to come into. Obviously did not go great there in that World Series start. But again, I thought he deserved that opportunity out of spring training. Didn't get it for whatever reason. Bryce Elder came in and you know he showed some promise and stuck in the rotation. Tucker Davidson went down. Wasn't particularly great early on in Gwinnett. But his last couple, two or three outings there, you know, he was really sharp. And he continued that at the big league level in this outing. Five innings, three hits, three walks, no earned, and three strikeouts in the game for Tucker Davis. And only threw 69 pitches to get through five innings, 38 of those pitches for strikes. He was much better early on, the first two or three innings, throwing strikes, getting ahead. You saw him start to lose that a little bit. In the fourth inning, had some close calls that didn't go his way in that fourth inning in particular where he walked back-to-back batters. A couple of pitches there that were probably strikes that were called balls, but he also just wasn't hitting his spots. And a lot of times you're not going to get that from the umpire when you're not hitting your spots like that. I thought he struggled with the fastball command really kind of throughout, even early on when he was getting ahead. He left a couple of fastballs out over the middle of the plate that went for hits. He only gave up three hits in this game. Two of them were on those fastballs that I mentioned that he kind of left out over the plate. The other one was a bunt single by Colton Wong on a slider. So only allowed three hits. Again, he had those back-to-back walks in the fourth inning, had another walk later in the game as well. That was really my only critique for him is that I noticed he was struggling with that fastball command at times, but the slider was good. He dropped in the curveball and changeup at appropriate times to keep hitters off balance. So I thought he was excellent in this outing. You know, overall, a very encouraging performance for me with Tucker Davidson. I think he definitely deserves another shot at that fifth spot in the starting rotation. And look, even if he just goes out and gives you five innings every time of, you know, two runs or less, you'll take that out of your fifth starter. This was obviously even better than that as he didn't give up any runs at all. But just looking forward and what you're kind of hoping for out of that fifth spot Look, if you can get somebody like Tucker Davidson that can give you five quality innings every time out, you'll take that. And so I think he has the ability to do that. That's always kind of been the role that I've seen for him. I don't, I've don't, i never viewed him as a top of the rotation or even middle of the rotation type starter, but I think he's a very safe bet to be a back of the rotation guy, a fourth or fifth starter that can give you a quality outing each time that he goes out there. He certainly delivered on that on Tuesday and like I said only through 69 pitches I think Snicker could have sent him out there for another inning or two had the lead been a little bigger but with a one nothing lead there you want to get him out after five give him a chance to get his first big league win which he did end up getting and you had a fresh bullpen 
that was ready to go. So I understand the decision there. But I think you, you know, if the Braves were up three runs even, I think you send him back out for that sixth inning. But I agree with the decision there from Snicker. Pull him out after five, you know, a great outing. Give him an opportunity to get his first big league win. So that was a great outing from Tucker Davidson, and I think the right decision by Brian Snicker. And then something that was really nice to see from Tuesday's game was the defense and just some great defense by the Atlanta Braves, what we're used to seeing, particularly by the infield. And there was an outstanding play by Dansby Swanson. I talked about it on the postcast. No clue how he got at this ball and no idea how he got an out. But there's a ball between the, sh the shortstop third base hole that Dansby backhanded. And I thought, okay, at least he kept it on in the infield so it won't score that run for second. Because you know if that ball gets through, they are running on Marcelo Zuna's arm out there in left field. So Dansby at very least keeps it on the infield, doesn't allow a run to score. But no, he pops up throws the ball to second, and gets the force out on Hunter Renfro at second base. And Renfro is not a slow runner by any means. That play was absolutely incredible, and it's why Dansby is considered one of the best defensive players in baseball this season. And then Austin Riley, who has really been struggling defensively here lately, made two outstanding plays in this game. He had a barehanded pickup on a ball hit by Luis Urias, that he, he got him by several steps, and Urias isn't a slow runner. That was a great play. Would have set up runners on first and second with just one out. And then maybe the play of the game with bases loaded in the eighth inning, Austin Riley backs up on a ball, backhand spins, and throws the runner out at first base to end that inning. So with how bad the defense has been lately, this was a nice breath of fresh air to see the defense playing like they're capable of playing in the way we're used to seeing them play defense definitely helped win the game on Tuesday all right a couple more things to get to from this one before we do that let me tell you about LinkedIn with spring in the air it's a time of renewal and growth personally and professionally as your small business grows LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Do you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmlb. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. A couple of other notes from Tuesday's three to nothing victory. I kind of hinted at it before the end of the, at the end of the last segment. Bullpen made things a little too interesting in the eighth inning. AJ Minner came on in the seventh inning to record the last out there, and it was a long top of the eighth inning. The Braves ended up getting those two runs on the Marcelo Zuna homer, which was huge. But you always worry about a reliever, you know, sitting down and, and getting back up, coming out for another inning, especially when it was a long inning like the top of the eighth was. 
Minter just was not as sharp coming back out there, walked a couple of batters, did get did get two outs before walking those batters, but just wasn't as sharp as the inning progressed. Will Smith ends up coming in on relief to get Rowdy Telez. And he gets ahead of Rowdy Telez with a couple of really good sliders that he threw, but then he ends up walking him. And I have some I have some concerns with the pitch selection here. After two really good sliders, Contreras continued to call the slider, and they just weren't competitive pitches. They were sliders in the dirt that were pretty easy to take. I thought they should have gone to the fastball away right there to try to to catch Telez, you know, just freeze him up looking for that slider. I think they throw that. I think you do end up at least getting him to freeze. At the very least, you know, hit a hit a weak ball into play there for an out. But they kept going with that slider, and again, Will Smith spiked both of them. They just weren't competitive pitches. You get a 3-2, uh, and then hangs one inside for an easy ball forward to load the bases. So I I didn't love the pitch selection that was called there, whether that's on Contreras or Will Smith. Uh, definitely didn't like the way that Will Smith threw those, those last two sliders, just not competitive pitches at all, trying to get chases in the dirt. But anyway, he walks him, loads the bases with two outs, and then I mentioned the play by Austin Riley that really kind of saved that game. So things did get a little interesting there late, even after the two-run homer to kind of separate things a little bit. And look, this was not a great game offensively by the Braves. Um, You know, just three runs. I had mentioned on Monday's podcast, I felt like the offense had, had an opportunity to break out in this game, that did not happen. And credit to the Brewers pitching staff. Again, even Adrian Hauser, you know, maybe their fourth, fifth starter, still a really good pitcher, especially when he's getting that that sinker down. And he was getting some calls below the the zone. You know, there were there were several bad calls in this game. And obviously, as a biased Braves fan, I felt like a lot of them went against the Braves. But still, the offense just could not get going. The first inning in particular was just highly frustrating. You know, Ronnie beats out that infield single on a hard hit ball. Olsen walks, so you got first and second, nobody out. Riley gets what's essentially a swinging bunt, uh, which sets up second and third with one out for Azuna, who continues to get put in the cleanup spot. And I know he comes up with a big hit later, but in that first inning, he strikes out looking. And look, there was a pitch earlier in that count which was very much below the strike zone that should have been a ball was called a strike but the 3-2 pitch I mean that was a much better pitch than the one earlier in the count and you just can't sit there looking at that pitch with an RBI opportunity you have to put that ball in play and you're taking a called third strike that's just unacceptable to me that cannot happen you have to swing the bat at anything close there and try to put the ball in play you do that it's a run that's all you had to do, and Ozuna couldn't execute there. And then Ozzy comes in, swings at the first pitch, and rolls it over to the second. For me, that was a that was a turn off your TV and, and just walk away moment right there. That's everything I hate about this Braves offense at times. You got second and third, one out, and you got somebody that goes up there and looks at a called third strike, and then you got Ozzy always coming up there, swinging at the first pitch, rolling it over to second base. That is beyond frustrating as a fan and everything that I hate about this Braves offense at times when they're not clicking. 
And, you know, luckily it didn't matter in the end, but it's something I wanted to point out because this team just continues to struggle with those types of plays. It was a second game in a row. And look, they couldn't do anything about Monday's game. Olsen hit, just crushed the ball right at the first baseman. Travis crushed the ball right at the third baseman. That's just unfortunate breaks. They put the ball in play and hit it hard. But that's two days in a row. You had an opportunity in the first inning and couldn't cash in. And that's just it's just frustrating. There's nothing else to say about it. And we've been watching it all year. But that first inning, I mean, I wouldn't blame you at all if you just turned off the TV and went and spent time with your, your wife, your kids, or whatever, because that was that was hard to watch. And it's everything that makes this offense frustrating at times. I mentioned Ozuna, you know, despite that first inning at bat, he did come up with the big two-run homer in the eighth inning there, which is good to see. But what I wanted to mention about it, it was an inside fastball. And that is that is great to see. That's where, you know, he had so much success in 2020. You couldn't throw a pitch inside to Marcelo Zuna in that 2020 season or he would turn and burn on it. And he just hasn't done that as much this year. So it was great to see. I mean, that fastball was way in and he's able to get his hands inside of it and absolutely destroy that ball to left field. Again, that's where he was so good in 2020. So if he can just start doing that again, turning on those inside pitches, then we could see him get hot. So hopefully that's coming. I think it definitely helped with Acuna being there on third base. Pitcher didn't want to spike another ball in the dirt. He tried it the pitch before that, so you had to know you were going to get something up in the zone. Ozuna was able to get to that pitch in a, in a big, two big insurance runs there on that home run. Another positive for me in this game, Adam Duvall. And look, I've been very critical of Adam Duvall and his approach at the plate and the amount of strikeouts. It has not been pretty. But you could kind of see a different approach from Adam in this game. And Brian Jordan was talking about it on the broadcast. He was being much more aggressive early in counts and hunting a pitch and jumping on it. And he got a couple of hits in this game where he did that. In the first two or three pitches, he got the pitch he wanted and he jumped on it. And when you're struggling and you're striking out like that, you know, don't put your try not to put yourself in those situations where you're just constantly getting to a two strike count and then and just flailing it at a pitch that a pitcher's pitch. Necess, you know, make sure you sit on the pitch that you want to get. Go up there with a game plan, looking for a pitch and jump on it if you get it. So that was encouraging to me for Adam Duvall. Hopefully, you're starting to see a change in approach there for him. He picks up a couple of hits in this game. And then I also wanted to mention the dead baseballs. I kind of tweeted this out. Ozzy's hit in the sixth inning. I thought that ball was long gone. I think Ozzy thought it was long gone. Otherwise, he should have been standing on third base by the time the outfielder finally got to it. I think Hunter Renfro thought it was it was long gone. And instead, it, it hit off the top of the wall. And going back and look at the stat cast numbers on it, I, I can kind of understand it a little bit. He hit it at 37-degree 37, 37 angle, 101.8 miles per hour. I mean, I still feel like that ball should get out. You look at Ozuna's homer later in the game, it was hit at a 36-degree launch angle, so that's just one degree less, but it was hit you know, seven miles per hour harder. Is that really a 40-foot difference? Eh, you know, I don't know, but I felt like, I felt like Ozzy's ball should have gone out, but... What really has me convinced these balls are, are different is the way that ball came down. It's like somebody just straight 
dropped it out of the sky. The way it just came down on the wall like that, that is not a natural movement, especially for that launch angle. I mean, it is. it was literally like somebody just went up in the sky and dropped it straight down on the wall. And that just tells you this ball, the drag on these balls is just m making them die at the wall. And it's what we've seen a lot this season is that balls that get up in the air like that, they are just dying at the wall. So, look, I've been trying to remain hopeful that th there's really not that much change in the baseballs, that once the weather warms up, we'll see them start flying out again. But there is some definite drag on these baseballs. I'm convinced now more than ever after that hit by Ozzy with the way that it came down that there is something different about these baseballs that's preventing them from carrying like we're used to seeing. And if that's the case, that's fine. I just wish baseball would say something, you know, make an announcement about it because that changes your game plan and the way you play a lot. The Braves are very home run dependent and if the ball's not going to play like that then we may need to see some hitters change up their approach a little bit. So, uh, again, I need to do a further study into that for sure. But that hit by Ozzy kind of threw me over the, the fence there and whether or not these baseballs are actually different. I definitely think there are some differences in these baseballs that's not allowing them to travel as far. And then finally, just to wrap up this game, I thought this was a very complete game, a complete win by the Braves. The Walks. You know, were a problem. You had three by Tucker Davidson. You had four by the bullpen as well. That's still too many walks, but otherwise, you know, you had great, great starting pitching. You know, the bullpen was solid outside of that eighth inning. You had great defense, and you had some timely hits. You know, getting a run early, putting ball in play as Acuna did, and scoring that run. Great base running on that play by Duvall and Dansby Swanson, and then you had some insurance runs late. So. A complete game by the Braves. Need to see more of that. We've seen that at times. We just haven't seen it consistently enough this season. So hopefully that continues. And hopefully it continues on Wednesday afternoon. We'll preview that matchup next. Summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks, wherever. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And if that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try a mixed box. The mixed box comes with 12 flavors and of bars and puffs. Built Bar makes sure that there is something for everyone, like my favorite, the cookies and cream. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. On Wednesday afternoon, just a couple of hours after I'm posting this, you're going to have Corbin Burns versus Max Freed Part 2. These, these two hooked up just a couple of Saturdays ago with Freed getting the better of Corbin Burns in that outing. So hopefully that continues and Max Freed will continue his Cy Young pace against the former NL Cy Young winner. I thought the Braves hitters had really 
good at bats last time they faced Corbin Burns. I know they only got a run off of him, but they really made him work in that outing, got him out after six innings. Hopefully that continues in this game. We see some very good competitive at bats. Hopefully they get a couple more runs off of Corbin Burns this time around, but hopefully we just at least continue to see some competitive at, bat at bats from these Braves hitters in this lineup. Look, Burns is good. He's going to get his strikeouts. Braves are a team that strike out a lot. That's going to happen, but at least make him earn him, make him work for it, put some pressure on him, you know, get some walks, you know, put the ball in play when you get the opportunity. It's a day game, so typically I feel like those games are, are low scoring anyway. There's only been four total runs scored in this series so far, and you got two of the best pitchers in all of baseball on the mound for a day game on Wednesday. So I don't expect a lot of runs to be scored, but those are typically the games where all of a sudden you'll see a breakout by the offense. So we'll see what happens. It should be a fun, exciting game. Hopefully you're at a position where you can watch it on Wednesday afternoon. The Braves will be off on Thursday, so go ahead and start sending in your questions for Friday's mailbag, and I'll answer those on Friday. But that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me on Twitter at ShortstopBall. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 